Hello, everyone, and welcome to Norton Rose Fulbright's podcast series focusing on transaction risk in the banking sector. In this episode, we focus on M&A and specifically on correspondent banking arrangements. I'm Alan Bainbridge, head of the bank sector at global law firm Norton Rose Fulbright, and today I'm joined by Emma Durand, a partner in our financial institutions corporate team. Hi, Emma. Thanks for joining. Hi. Thanks, Alan. So, Emma, what elements of correspondent banking arrangements are we looking at today? Most banks have what's known as Nostro and Bostro accounts, which is essentially the bank's money that's on deposit at other banks, usually when the bank needs deposits held in a currency which is outside of their own jurisdiction. So it helps facilitate um, international transaction, foreign exchange transactions. So, for example, a bank in the UK might offer its customers US dollar deposits. And that deposit, when it's placed with the UK bank, is then onward placed by the UK bank to a US bank. And that's what's known as a Nostro account, Latin for our money held with you. Conversely, the UK bank might be holding cash in a, in sterling for a US bank, which needs it, it sterling currency. And that's called a Vostro, Latin for your money that we're holding. Got it. So why do correspondent banking arrangements need to be considered in bank M&A deals? Yeah, so looking at each in turn, because it's slightly different for each of the Nostro and Vostro. Firstly, if an institution is selling a banking business to a third party, and that business includes multiple currency customer deposits, those deposits may be held in other banks around the world, for example, in US dollars, yen, renminbi, euros, etc. A buyer will need to receive those deposits in the same currency in which they're held. And so if a buyer bank doesn't have corresponding banking arrangements in the relevant currencies, this could pose an issue to the transaction. So in that case, the buyer bank will either need to open their own Nostro accounts with correspondent banks in the relevant territories so that they can provide the currency deposits they need, or those customer accounts won't be capable of transfer. you might be in a situation where you could convert them into a local currency for transfer, but this could only be done if the customer agrees or if the terms and conditions actually permit that. Otherwise, you have to look at excluding or terminating the account and returning funds to customers. And neither of those is a particularly easy option in the context of a banking transfer involving thousands of customers, for example. So when we're working on transactions that involves this, we need, uh, our advisors need to assess in the pre-signing phase whether they can receive foreign currencies. Um, So the selling bank's own nostros uh, won't transfer to a buyer. If not, the buyer can establish them or if the seller can provide them, uh, the seller can provide them if it's a multinational bank. Um, But if those options aren't available, then the parties need to look at how those customer accounts can be excluded or terminated. This is particularly difficult in some jurisdictions which don't permit termination of customer accounts, for example. Got it. And and what about the Vostra accounts then? These can be looked at slightly differently, and it's more of a buyer DD issue. So remember, a Vostro is where the seller bank in this example is holding funds for a third party bank as correspondent bank. The Vostro account would usually transfer to the buyer as part of the banking transfer, as it's a deposit account in the seller bank, the same as any other deposit account. But Vostros and correspondent banking are generally deemed to be more risky as the correspondent bank here, the seller bank, is not in direct contact with the underlying parties to the transaction. So they transact with third party banks. So they're not always able to KYC or verify 
transactions which run through the Vostra account. The buyer bank may have its own policies or restrictions on taking over corresponding banking activity, and they may want to exclude them this from the scope of the transaction. And that could be easier done if it's a business sale versus a share sale, obviously. The seller, if those accounts are to be excluded, would need to then consider what impact that has on the transaction. Uh, for example, how it can close those accounts down separately, particularly if it's exiting a certain territory with the sale as a whole. It doesn't want to be left with accounts um, post the, the completion of the sale. Yeah, I see. So it sounds like the key takeaways for both buyers and sellers of international banking businesses is to understand what nostrils and vostros are in the business and whether these would need to transfer either the cash itself to a buyer in the case of a nostril or the account in the case of a vostro and I guess how practically this can be achieved. Yes, exactly. Right. Thank you, Emma. Thanks. 